Maybe then you can see me and I can see you Maybe then we'll come together as a people Tired of the pain cause it ain't new Let's come together as a people Even if we don't share the same view Welcome to the Jesus and Everything Foundation podcast. On this show, we look at all problems affecting the world and we discuss how we can solve them using the character of Jesus, unity, and decentralization of resources available to us. The character of Jesus, or as I like to call them, the Jesus character principles, are principles that whether you are a Christian or not, we can all agree on these principles. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. For every episode, we discuss a problem topic from our category list. You can find this list on the Foundation's website, jaef.foundation. We ask ourselves and listeners, what is the goal? What is the vision for this problem category? What are the potential solutions? What are the obstacles? What resources do we need? And what resources do we have? But most importantly, do these solutions and resources pass the character test, the nine Jesus character principles? If yes, then we move on to collaboration. What does this look like? This show is a platform to get the ball rolling on as many problems affecting the world as we can. We want to go beyond just talking about problems. So after the show, we collaborate by acting. First, we open the discussion floor to our listeners. Then we decentralize and open source all of our resources from brain power, manpower, utilities to capital. Before every episode, I like to ask our viewers and listeners, do you ever ask yourself, where are we going? Where is this world going? Time keeps on ticking, the day ends, a new dawn arises, and life goes on. But what is our destination? Do we have any global objectives that unite us when it comes to things like food, security, healthcare, education, or standard of living? It's a fair question to ask. If you work for a company or work for yourself, you have a general idea about your company's vision. Goal. So what is our goal, our overarching vision as the current residents of this planet? What role is your company, your city, your country playing in the big picture? And what role are you who's listening to this playing in this big picture? Welcome 
to the God at the center of our creativity series. It's under our everyday life category. You can find the full list of topics we shall cover under this category on our website, jf.foundation. That is jaef.foundation. In this series, we talk about how to put God at the center of our creativity in art, music, cinema, and all other forms of audio and visual creativity. Today, our world has and is still trying to eliminate God from every sphere of life, from abolishing prayer in public schools to censorship of the name Jesus and all faith talk in workplaces. The moral code of Exodus chapter 20, which is the foundation for all modern civilization, moral and ethical values, is considered by many as a cake and no longer applicable to the desires and wants of the 21st century. God's guiding principles in the Bible that pertain to life and godliness, some would argue that the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, needs to update his manual. In this series, we start with the art industry and we find out the validity of this argument. Is it really true that in order to thrive in art, music, and cinema, we have to leave God outside the door? This dilemma is what our first guest dealt with early on in her career as an artist and musician, when she was often told she had to relinquish her relationship with God to be more creative. However, one might argue that we've seen this trick play before. You see, back in the Garden of Eden, after God had created Adam and Eve, Satan, the devil, appeared to Eve and planted a seed of doubt that the reason God didn't want Adam and Eve to eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil was that God didn't want them to become like him. And yet in the previous chapter in Genesis chapter 1 verses 26 to 28, God had clearly stated the opposite. God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. It seems Satan is back to using his oldest trick in the book by convincing the Marses that their creativity in art, music, and cinema will only blossom if they ignore the creator of man and the universe. Is this really true? If this is true, are we really deeply satisfied with the fruit of lasciviousness? Has it been worth opening the floodgates of no restraint to usher in demons of wild imaginations and unquenchable appetites? Is losing a whole generation to mental illness, anxiety, depression, and low self-esteem as a result of this, is it worth it? Has it been worth it that we have gained the whole world but lost our souls? I mean, it's certainly foolish to believe that the creator who created offspring creators wouldn't want them to create, when at the very beginning that was one of his mandates to mankind. In Genesis chapter 1 verse 28, it says, God blessed them, and God said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply, and replenish the earth, and subdue it, and have dominion. Man's eyes have never been satisfied by nature's beauty and the visible elements of our galaxy. Nature and the sky above it are a daily source of soul nourishment for many. Maybe, just maybe, 
now is the time to invite our creator and father back into all spaces of, of creativity to teach us how we can create not just beautiful but how to create soul nourishing art music cinema and any other form of visual and audio entertainment master of the flood father to the water righteous one who raises standards against hell on high water righteous one who raises water so high they drown the hounds of hell how great you are oh god matchless in wonder matchless in righteousness May I never forget to call you as you are, faithful, fortress, father, friend, captain along the high seas, you will would rise to meet the safety you make for me. You will to rise above the sea, the mountains you covered, then cleared when you commanded the waters return to the place you first called them to. Even the flood knows its place is in obedience to you. Father to the water, master of the flood, righteous one who finds life worth saving, righteous one who would save all who would be reclaimed, remade and renamed reflection of your wondrous, righteous self, all the water within us rippling to the sound of your voice, willing your flood rush in, not to kill us, just to cover and to claim us once again. You have
singing over me You've been so, so good to me Before I took a breath You breathe your life in me You've been so, so kind to me Still you give yourself away All the overwhelming, never-ending Reckless love of God Your love is electric Bumping up in my veins Lighting up every fiber inside me I love so magnetic Pulling me in your way Pushing me from the chaos behind me But if I fall, if I break I still know you stay the same As I call on your name Father, hear me as I pray Come fill me up inside With heaven's holy fire Previously on our last episode. Growing up and sort of coming to what I think is sort of a climactic journey in God and art and sort of the war over my soul between the two. Um, it was a very painful experience, but a really important reckoning. And at the end of it all, I was ready to walk away from art until the Lord pulled me back and was just like, no, 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 you belong here because I belong here. Creativity <laughs> is what I instated. Wow. But when you think about it, God as creator, which is what we believe, that he created the heavens and the earth and that all that we see came from the word of his power. So if we believe that and truly believe it, why would we not submit our creativity to the Lord? Why would we not lean on his lens to even understand what true creativity is and what art is? Coming up on our next episode. But it's just, it's timeless truth. Art imitates life. Art is fed by and fueled by the lives that we live. If you are not satisfied with your art, there is quite possibly a deeper question here as to whether or not you are satisfied in your life, as to whether or not you are happy with how you're living and the art that your life is giving rise to. If either is an issue, I would encourage you to come to the Lord. I know that that is what has completely transformed my life. I also know that this was something that only he could do. The foundation I have is by the grace of God and by his consistent, persistent work.
This is episode three of the God at the Center of Our Creativity series. In this episode, we continue our discussion with our guest, Kira Faith Wharton, who's the founder of Full Faith Forward and Fortify. We're talking to Kira about her vision and mission, which is to put God at the center of our creativity in art. Early on in her career, Kira was often told that she had to relinquish her relationship with God to be a better artist that her relationship with the Lord would only hinder her as an artist. So on the verge of walking away from her passion for art, God pulled her back and told her, you belong here because I belong here. We hope this episode blesses your heart. So open up your heart and mind and let's dive in. Welcome back to the show. Our guest for today is Kira Faith Wharton and Kira is the founder of Full Faith Forward which is a parent company to Fortify. And Kira's mission through all these companies that she's founding is to put God as the center of our creativity in art. Amen. So we are, the first part of this show, we were talking about how this vision came to her and some of the challenges that she's been, she's had to face to, you know, especially in the sphere of art, with her being someone who is not going to lay down her faith and she wants to do everything when it comes to art through the lens of God. And so we've also spoken about where this world is at in a sense of we have pushed God out of art or out of all spheres of creativity. Mm. And because we feel like if we have God still in any of these spheres, we are limited to how much we can be creative. But we're ignoring the fact that we are only gonna expose our minds or yeah, we're gonna expose our minds, basically our souls to, to a point of no return, which because of just how we've been created, the capacity of what we are able to consume, the type of content mm. yeah. and just how much of negative content we can consume. And we were just also, we use the example of the news, just this COVID news, how everybody you talk to, even the people who are want to know every thing about where the cases are rising, where they're going down, they're also fed up. They're just exhausted. They just can't humanly consume any more negative news, especially about COVID. They've been beat down. There's just no life. In listening to such news anymore so we're just expanding this to creativity and art and the next question which is where Kira's mission comes in is and you know it's the challenge it's the challenge that she's going after but I think if anyone is equipped to do this I think I believe it's her and what we're asking is, how do we do creative work with God in mind? Kira, how can we do creative work with God in mind? Um, <laughs> it's funny to start that with. Um, I just had a world of answers kind of come forth. But I think the main thing at the core of all of it is only by the grace of God. When we consider just this sinful nature that we are born into 
and this sinful existence that is constantly impacting how we see everything, what we think about things, what we even imagine, or just sort of when left alone to our own devices, the things that occur to us even to do. Sin is so pervasive that without God's grace, there's no way we can do any work, let alone creative work, with him in mind, let alone at the center of what we're doing. Um, and yet it really is, even as this sort of war wages on within us and daily we are at a place where as Christians we are to um, put to death the things that would try and rise above and even kill in us what Christ's work on the cross has accomplished in us. Yes. Even with all of the cost in that and the ways in which we are daily walking that out and so much of the weight of the cross we carry is that daily dying to our flesh. It is so worth it. There really is no way. We need other words to communicate how worthy God is of our sacrifice and how mind-blowing it is that he considered us worth his sacrifice. It, it really is invaluable, the relationship with God that then leads into this way of abiding in him in yeah. which creative work and really just being an artist and really just being alive becomes abundant, becomes like eternally successful. Um, even the word bears witness to the ways in which there's good success and there's bad success. <laughs> like there really is wicked yeah. success. And we see it all the time. We see the ways in which um, things that are born of the world system prosper within the world system. And there are certain rewards for that. And there are certain riches for that. And there are certain lifestyles that work within that. And it's all antithetical to these ways in which God is calling us and challenging us daily to look at life and appreciate it the way that he does. Assigning our riches to the spiritual gifts that God gives that money can't buy, can't even touch. Assigning the value that we give and the esteem we give to the ways that God would see things and esteem things and value them. It flies in the face of everything that sin and our flesh naturally um, convince us to want to have and to try and grab hold of and this kind of carnal grasp after life. But when we abide in Christ, we get to truly experience life. And in that, certainly as an artist, um, I've, I've truly experienced abundant creativity. I've never been as creative as I have been here, just in this place with the Lord. And by this place, I mean this life. <laughs> I mean, this yeah. abundant life that he died to give me um, and embracing mm. that and truly embracing him as Lord um, and essentially allowing the work of the cross to return me to Eden in which, yes, I'm still dealing with the world that is, but there's so many ways in which connecting with the word that was reestablishes mm. this inner life I have in the spirit. And so in so many ways I am, I'm able to return to Eden. And I love that about the foundation, by the way, just that beauty and that thought of able being able to recover and even be restored to this vision of life as it was originally intended, in which we are doing the work of our father and not doing that separate from him, but doing that in constant relationship, fellowship and connection with him 
and getting to experience the richness that that brings. Yeah. Um, there's a way in which that is fought because of sin. I mean, I know all too well, even in the beauty of Eden with the Lord, there's so many times that I'm tempted and I fall to different sins and different things that will rise up and I lose sight of what the Lord has given me and what the Lord has won for me. And yet he's always there to help me and always there to be with me in the process of being in relationship with him, which is constantly involving reconciliation and restoration and repentance and coming back to a place where I humbly say, God, I don't belong at the center of this life. I don't belong at the center of this work. I certainly don't belong at the center of this creative endeavor. This is yours. All of this is yours. And I'm just grateful for the space and the place that you've given me in this. Approaching it humbly in that way is truly a work of the spirit. I mean, even growing up in a Christian context, I wasn't really thinking God was going to be Lord of my life like he is today. <laughs> and I wasn't no. thinking that, you yeah. know, I'm about to give over control. So it really is like, it's whatever you tell me to do. And if you tell me to take a stand in my career that could effectively end it, that's exactly what I'm going to do because you are Lord and because I trust you, period. And standing um, in a place where in terms of faith, it really feels like a Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego moment where you're like, look, I'm not bowing to this. Yes. And I'm believing that the Lord will save me. I've petitioned that he do that. But even if he doesn't, I'm not bowing. That's that's where it is. Um, yes. Being in a place like that is truly only a work of the spirit, being able to give you the peace and the boldness simultaneously to be able to say that and believe it. And know that God really is Lord and he really is the only one who deserves that throne. It's not a game of thrones. It's, there's just one and it belongs to him. And that's it. Um, and so coming into that place and allowing that core belief to inform creative work. There really is no better way to do creative work than with God in mind, in heart, in soul, and in your hands. Whatever you set your hands to do. When yes. you do it with the Lord in mind and really at the center of it, it breaks into this place of eternal success, eternal weight of glory, eternal anything. Because whenever you put anything in the Lord's hands, anything that he touches is going to do more than you thought it could do and certainly more than it could have accomplished just with you. So that's just a natural not natural, but it's a supernatural benefit that comes along with just the Lord's presence in any creative undertaking. And I've just found that that pursuit, um, it just brings this new dimension to anything that I'm doing. And now that I've experienced that and I know the richness of that firsthand, I'm just unwilling to go back. I'm unwilling to go back to anything that is not honoring him and at its core seeking to promote that which he would want promoted in the in the earth yeah um a couple there's a follow-up questions okay. um i really one of the things that i that i'd like for us to do is you 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 said something at the end there you say that you're not willing to go back mm. now okay let's say because i i think all creativity at its core is inspired by God Amen. or you can have your creativity. You might not know it, but your creativity is inspired um, by, by the devil. 
basically if 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 it's if it's at the end of the day if it's going to feed people's souls then god was probably involved in it mm. because we know that these two forces don't mix like god is not like 90% good and 10% evil no he is all good and likewise uh satan the devil and his principalities uh they are they are 100% bad so they're not like it's not like satan is you know is 80% bad and then he has a 20% good in him no so if those are the two spiritual towers that we're tapping from any point in time that you're creating art you you are tapping from one of those spiritual towers yeah that's where inspirations came from now the question then that, that that i have for you is someone who has never created art with god as the center of their creativity what would you say uh, what what would you say to someone right now if they come to you and say okay kira um i don't really believe in god but i don't really believe in how the world is doing things in a sense of how they're sexualizing art creativity music movies and 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 you name it mm-hmm. what would be the pathway how can someone who's an artist how can they draw from a godly inspiration when they don't even know about god like that's cuz i i really want us when someone listens to this to almost you know as much as they're going to walk away with so many questions is is it's to also walk away with answers to say okay um i want to get off this wagon of creating art that not only feeds the lust of the world the pride of life the lust of the flesh the pride of life and i want to start create meaningful art um but this this struggling this thing okay i don't have as a deep relationship with god as you do kira so mm-hmm. how can they start to get off the the other train tracks and 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 switch over to this side how cuz what would you do how would you encourage them what can they do uh if they're in that place where they're saying okay i don't I agree with what the world is doing. I'm willing to change. But how can I do it? How what would you say to them right now? That's such a meaningful question. Um and I won't even pretend like <laughs> they would was- have like vocabulary like pride of life and lust of the flesh because in so many ways like the world isn't going to teach you that this is that there's anything wrong with this it's self care it's your sexuality it's sexual liberation it's got a different there's a way in which this stuff translates into the spirit and suddenly it becomes something different but if you are in a place where as an artist you are unsatisfied with where your work is you're unsatisfied with even the process of creating and mm. essentially what all of it is bringing to bear and bringing to life if you feel like there's an emptiness and there's got to be more especially purpose when it comes to what you're doing i think that you're asking incredible questions and i will say right off the bat i won't pretend like i hold the answers for you but i know who does seek the lord for yourself and i know that that can sound like a seek the lord like what does that mean <laughs> Yeah, like people in church be saying that all the time. Just seek the Lord, you know, just like fam. 
But there is a way in which when we truly and sincerely cry out to God and just express like, God, I want to know you. I don't even know how, but I want to know you and I want to love you and I want to have a relationship with you. He mm. meets us in that place. I mean, he desires that more than we even can because our hearts just don't have the capacity that his does. And yet yeah. he is reaching through generations. He's reaching through ages of man, seeking to save any who would be saved. That is the work of the cross. That is the crux of the gospel. And so if you are looking for a relationship with the Lord. And I would encourage you to look for that before you look for meaning for your art. Make sure you have meaning in your life. Make sure that as a vessel for everything that's coming through you, you know what's going on inside of you. Um, I will say that in my relationship with the Lord, and I know that there's a lot of different, like a lot of times nowadays when you say God, God could refer to the universe. There's a lot of ways in which stuff is blending. So I want to be very clear. I am talking about Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Galilean. <laughs> 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 yeah, no, let me not do too much. But the point is I'm talking about um, Jesus Christ. I'm talking about having a personal relationship with Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. I'm talking about having sought him and sought his word and his character, not just in the text, because of course there really is red text in the Bible that is what Jesus said. And I'm grateful for that, the ways that God has written his word. But we're not just, this Christian walk isn't just persisting. And really this walk of faith and this walk in relationship it doesn't just come from what I can read on a page. It comes from what I understand on that page through the grace and through the work of the Holy Spirit revealing to me what it even means, but then also the ways in which the Holy Spirit will speak to me in my own spirit. All of this can sound really complicated and like, how am I even going to know that? Yeah. All of us are asking that. Welcome to a world in which you're going to ask more questions, but the questions are good. It's all about who you take them to. And I just highly encourage you to take your questions, take all of your wonderings and everything to the Lord and just genuinely, even right where you are, just pray. And prayer in so many ways has become this mystified thing, but it truly is just communicating with the Lord and already in that prayer, you're expressing the belief and the faith that he is there and he hears you. And through that, just communicate. It can be as simple as, Lord, I want to know you and I want to know you as Lord. Jesus, I want to receive you as Lord of my life. I don't know how, but I know that you do. Please come and do your work in me. And then the, the, the transition starts to happen. So what, yeah, what so I'm yeah, what I'm hearing from you is it's going to be more than today I've been making art creativity, all my creativity has been inspired by the loss of the flesh, pride of life. And tomorrow I'm just gonna automatically switch the same way that I had to learn how to be creative under the influence of pride of life, lust of the flesh and all of that yep. is there's going to be sort of a learning curve. There's going to be a, a, a process of growth again for you to pivot and 
you're going to have to go back to the roots of your core. Who, who is governing your life? Who is at the core of your principles that you live by? And then once you reestablish or build a new foundation, Amen. Then, then you have a base for new creativity to grow out of. Is that, is, is, is that what I'm hearing? Not only that, but that this really is a work that you can rely on the Lord to do. So all of that, plus, even as you hear words about new foundations and new beliefs and really an entirely new belief system, a new way of living. Yes. I mean, there's that quote, there's a quote that's very, I mean, it's just, it's been around forever. It's timeless to the point of being mistaken as cliche, but it's just, it's timeless truth. Art imitates life. Art is fed by and fueled by the lives that we live. If you are not satisfied with your art, there is quite possibly a deeper question here as to whether or not you are satisfied in your life, as to whether or not you are happy with how you're living and the art that your life is giving rise to. If either is an issue, I would encourage you to come to the Lord. I know that that is what has completely transformed my life. I also know that this was something that only he could do. The foundation I have is by the grace of God and by his consistent, persistent work, even on days and years where I simply was resistant to it, was like, okay, this isn't what I signed up for. I just wanted a little something over here. I wasn't trying to have like a whole remodel, Jesus, like, come on now. (laughs) There are ways in which it's been really real, this place where... Yeah, I've, I've really struggled um, even with intimacy with God and had like a whole encounter with him in a place where I wasn't even coming trying to meet him. Like I just yeah. was in a different space, but he really confronted me. It felt like an intervention in which he just really met me and was like, I want to have real love with you. So no more fake worship, no more nothing. If you can't lift your hands and you can't sing, that's fine. Just stand in the assembly and let the worship ru- wash over you and just mm-hmm. be here. But don't raise your hands and testify to a relationship you don't have. I want to love you. Child, when I said that, chin checked me because I really, it was wild. Like I was, long story short, I had come to hear an artist. So I was brought into a space because I really wanted to experience um, a particular artist and just sort of see their performance. I ended up in the middle of a worship service. I was not ready. (laughs) Like, and it was all of these teenagers, like all of these really young, I don't even think they were teenagers, like they were young children with such a heart for God, like their hearts were so on fire for the Lord. Many of them were like speaking in tongues and like prophesying over one another. I mean, just their spiritual gifts were so clear. It was such a beautiful thing. And because of where I was in Christ, I was utterly terrified because I'd never seen anything like that from the little kids and like sincere. They're not playing like this isn't just for some Instagram video to go viral. These kids really live this and they are really crying out to the Lord. And some of them laying prostrate on the floor, seeking God, their hands just in praise, like just eyes completely closed. Ain't nobody got their phones out. This is about seeking an encounter with God. And these are babies seeking an encounter with the Lord. And just all around me, everyone was worshiping and I'm sitting there like, well, I ought to raise my hands or something, you know, that way I don't look crazy. (laughs) 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 
And it was wild because for months at that point, like I yeah. got off the tour, this is sort of a continuation. The job that I was on that ended up in this very emotionally traumatic um, persecution experience, I left that situation angry with God. I was angry. I was resentful. I was, I wasn't willing to say hatred because it's just like, we're not about to get crazy. Like I'm not out here trying to blaspheme. <laughs> Let me trade carefully. Cause you know, you still God and everything, but like, don't talk to me. I really did not want fellowship with the Lord, which was difficult because coming home, my context was very Christian. So it was definitely a, we go to church every Sunday, Bible study on Wednesday situation. And I was yeah. in the house of God, but my heart couldn't have been farther from the Lord. I mean, I literally was pursuing a relationship with someone who adamantly rejected even the belief that there is God. I was, I was so rebellious. The Lord was reaching for me, but I was simply refusing all of his advances. I didn't want to hear from him. I didn't want to live for him anymore. I was done. Like I was literally over it and I was angry and I was mad and I was sad and I was grieving the dream and of a career that I had worked for years for. Musical theater wasn't just something that I popped into. Like I went to school for four years to do it. So to get to a point where it's like, no, you really can't do it anymore. I'm like, oh, what? <laughs> like I really was angry at God for putting me in that position, for asking me to make the stance that he asked me to make and then not doing what I felt like he should have done, which was like deliver me and promote me in front of all my enemies and have a little snap moment in front of all my haters and we move on. <laughs> But that was not what God was interested in. It really was death to my flesh every day. I was like, I was mocked relentlessly. I was, it was more than just physical abuse. There was such an emotional toll from becoming the butt of the joke. And like, people wouldn't even introduce me to their kids. I was such a social leper. And when you're on a tour, the people you're touring with are really the only people you know. So being in a place where people are trying to hurt me and harm me and do so in ways that really could have ended my life. I became suicidal while on that situation. Like there just was so much going on. God's grace kept me, but he didn't keep me in the way I wanted to be kept or thought I should be kept. So by the time the tour was over, I was completely ready to reject the Lord, to be like, look, I'm over it. And if those people want hell, they can have it because I'm done with it. And I'm not going to give any more of my life to witnessing for people or whatever else. I don't even know if God is who he says he is. Like, look at what he did to me. So I was just in such a resentful place. But I really liked this Christian artist. I just was really intrigued by um, this guy's witness and different things that he was talking about. And it just felt like a space that I needed to be in. So I went not knowing that the Lord was arranging an encounter with me. I was not seeking him for it, but he met me in this place. And it's just like all of a sudden, all these children, they're slain in the spirit. Everybody is just like wiped out. And I'm standing in the middle of this place where God's spirit is pouring out. I'm not touched by any of it, but I can see all of it. And there was just this yearning in my spirit for something. I confused that with acceptance and looking like I belonged there. So I was starting to raise my hand in false worship. And I heard the Holy Spirit loud and clear, almost like my mother was yelling in my ear or something. I heard him so close and loud. And he was like, don't you dare. And I was like, Whoa. 
<laughs> like it was like a, <laughs> baby i will never forget how it just was like whoa like i just had this really trembling moment really very i feel like this was my job and god comes in the storm cloud moment and he told and he you just to, was like don't you dare guard up yes. your lines like a man and let's talk <laughs> bro like he really was like come here let me talk to you like straight up called me out and was like don't you dare and was like i don't want another moment of false worship from you it is egregious to me it is sin and you are doing it for the betterment of your reputation in christian circles and i will not have it you will not pimp a relationship with me you will not provide a false pretense of knowing me to people and as a way to like try and kind of work your little social agenda that's not what's going to happen at all I want a real relationship with you. I want real worship and I'm going to have it. We are going to have a love that's going to be effortless. You are going to get to a place with me where worship becomes like breathing. You'll just spontaneously go into it and won't think a thing about it. And he's prophesying all this stuff over me. And I'm like, Lord, but like, I'm really mad at you. Like, how, how is any of this going to happen? Mm. What are you talking about? But in that moment, even in his correction and his rebuke, I could feel his love for me and it moved me because I just was like, wow, I didn't know that you were this intense about wanting this. Like I felt you reaching for me, but I thought it was just like, look, I, I'm really not trying to hear you. I'm not witnessing to anyone else. Like I'm done with it. Because yeah. I, I was thinking that God was pressing me about other people, but he wanted to save me because he knew I was going towards destruction because he knows that being apart from him in any way is inviting destruction. So he was there for me, even when I wasn't seeking him. And even when I was halfway hoping to avoid him, like, let me just tip on in the Lord's house, but you know, don't touch me. <laughs> like it was wild, but he came for me. And from that day, the only thing I was able to even say in that assembly was Lord, I don't know how to love you at this point, but I want to help me, please. That was all I was able to say through my tears in that assembly and just like weeping because I wow. really was moved. And two years later, two years to the day, I just was in my quiet time with the Lord. I had just finished spontaneously worshiping before him, like just had this really beautiful experience with him. And he reminded me that it was our anniversary. And I was like, what does that mean? <laughs> like I was writing in my journal on my like, anniversary. Lord, I got saved when I was like four. Like, I don't even know which day. What you mean anniversary? And he reminded me of that experience in that church with all of those young people. Wow. And I just started crying all over again because I was like, wow, you're right. Everything became exactly what you said because I do worship you now effortlessly. It really is like breathing. And I do love you. And love you sincerely, like to the point that I will follow you. It's like to the dust, Lord, I'm yours. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm really, really grateful for what the Lord has done for me. In the next episode, we'll continue the discussion with our guest, Kira, on the subject of putting God at the center of our creativity the challenges that she's dealt with, and her encouragement towards other artists that are seeking to create art with meaning. This was episode three of the God at the Center of Our Creativity series. Your host for today was Calvin Cavanda. 
Thanks for listening and see you on the next episode. Why you back and we all